Hey folks, welcome to the Jason Wright Show, Money Monday. Look, this is the episode dedicated to improving our finances, always in always. Part of our overall improvement has to be to be good stewards of our resources, and that's what Mondays are for on the Jason Wright Show. So with that in mind, let's go. Well, hey, folks, welcome to The Jason Wright Show, and this is the first installment of Money Mondays. Look, there just really isn't a way that we can focus on overall self-improvement without discussing resources, building wealth, being good stewards of our money. And so that's what I want to devote Mondays to. I want you to be able to come here, start your week with a mindset of improving your finances always in Always. And today I want to talk about something that, first of all, I learned something new. That's what prompted this episode. So I was looking at some of Dave Ramsey's content, and a caller came in and was kind of being, well, he's basically being very rude to Dave. And he was telling him that Dave was essentially stupid and leading people down a bad path. Now we're talking about a guy talking to Dave Ramsey. So just process the ego on this guy. Um, a guy, I mean, I just came from Dave Ramsey's uh, uh, offices, gosh, a couple of weeks ago. I got to spend three days out there. And let me tell you something. It is nothing short of remarkable and just awe-inspiring. What he and his team have built is absolutely unbelievable, mind-blowing, wow. And so anyway, I digress. But this guy's basically taking Dave to task because one of the things that Dave Ramsey has said before is that more millionaires become millionaires or not as a result of, not the only result of, but one of the commonalities between millionaires that he has surveyed and researched. And by the way, they have an unbelievably huge and robust uh, team of researchers that actually look at all these scores of data on what are the habits of millionaires? What are the habits of people that live debt-free that actually do what Dave says, which is to live today like no one else so that one day you can live like no one else. He looks and finds commonalities so that he can then bring that to his toolkit and he teaches these principles. And a lot of times they basically just back up what he teaches, okay? And so in this instance, this guy was taking Dave to task, saying that he was basically a buffoon, Dave Ramsey, for suggesting that people should invest in actively managed mutual funds. Well, what Dave had said, and it's not for me to defend Dave Ramsey, trust me, he can do that all by himself very well, much better than I. But essentially in this point, he was in this issue or this phone call he was uh, taking, the, the guy had, he hadn't heard the whole story. And honestly, I don't even know if you were to ask Dave Ramsey, and I've read and listened to Dave Ramsey's content for a lot of years, but I'm really not sure that if you were to say, hey, Dave, uh, all things being equal, should I invest in an actively managed fund 
or a managed fund today to become a millionaire. And what Dave has said in this instance, not to, I don't know if I, if I were to ask him that question, I'm not sure if he would say, well, I think you should go and invest in an actively managed fund. I don't know that he would give that specific advice, but what he would be able to say, and this was the point that he has made before that this caller was getting confused on, was that most of the millionaires that the Ramsey organization has profiled to look at their habits, to find out why they are millionaires, to try to figure out what are the common threads so that he could then bring it to the Dave Ramsey audience was that most of them, they were invested in actively managed funds through their 401k, but then he takes it a step further. And this is the key to today's episode. He talks about what you have to do before you can even really be thinking about active versus index is you just have to invest. He makes the point that most people that are broke whenever they reach retirement, it's not because they invested in an actively managed fund over an index fund. That's not what people find out. That If you can go across the board, all the people that are surveyed say, you know what? For 45 years, I invested in that actively managed Templeton fund or Barron fund, whatever the case may be, large cap, small cap, tech, doesn't matter. I invested for 45 years and now I'm broke. I have no money in retirement. There's very few people that you're going to find saying that. Most of the reasons why people retire broke is because they never started investing at all. So that brings me to today's point. Today's episode, I want to start with this. First of all, you have to start. You just have to get started. Now, how do you do that? Well, first of all, it's not as hard as you think. And by the way, full disclaimer, I am not offering any financial advice on this podcast. I'm not telling you to go trade. I'm not representing a mutual fund. I'm not representing any services whatsoever. I'm just giving you theories in how to be a successful investor looking towards building long-term wealth. I just say the disclaimer, I don't even know if it was necessary, but the last thing I want is the SEC coming after me saying that I'm trying to give my audience advice without a Series 7 license or anything like that. So just disclaimer out there. And But here's the thing, most people what they don't realize is how simple it is to st- I had this conversation with my daughters. They both just recently graduated from college. I said, you guys need to start thinking about your retirement right now, 22 and 23 years old, right now, start thinking about your retirement. And you can literally go online at almost any mutual fund out there and within 10 minutes, have an account opened. So it's not that hard, but here's the key. So one, you got to take that step first. You got to take that step first. And here's the goal that I would actually set for you. If I were doing one of my habit formation courses, this is what I would do to break the steps down. I would tell you on the other side of this podcast, if, whether you're out on a walk, whether you're in your car, wherever you are, I don't want you to think in terms of, oh my gosh, I've got to go choose my mutual fund. I've got to get signed up. I've got to figure out a wire transfer, a money order. I've got to figure all these things out and then get started investing. Stop. That's the total. Okay. Never think about an exercise like this, especially if you've never done anything like this before. Don't think about the whole thing in total. What I want you to think about is what is the first step that you have to take. So for you, let's say you've never invested at all. You have no clue what to do. So here's what I suggest you do. First of all, just do a Google search on some mutual funds, large cap mutual funds, and go look at them. Just do that. Just do that. So so look, here's what will happen. 
is your brain will start to see, okay, these aren't scary. Oh, that they are there. They're, they're literally a Google search away. Then what I want you to do is I want you to choose one from one of the largest companies you find, names that you've heard of. And again, I don't really want to mention individual names uh, because that might get me in trouble if I somebody might misconstrue that as I'm telling you to go to that company. So I'm not going to do that. But just go find one of the largest. Go do a Google search, top 10 mutual funds in the world. Okay, look at those names, then go to one of their websites, then look at retirement funds. And that's it. Just just make your goal that first day to just Google. Just do some Google search. That's it. Not research, not dive in. You're just gonna do Google search. Then, once you figure that out, then I want you to go to the application page for a traditional or a Roth IRA, whatever the case may be. Just go look. And just go look at it. You don't, don't fill it out. Maybe print it out take a look at it and see what information that you're going to need. I'm not saying to fill it out because you will fill it out online, but before you fill it out online, put it in your hands and just look over it and look at the things that you're going to have to come up with. Oh, this is pretty easy. I mean, they want to copy my driver's license. They need my social. Okay. They're going to need some bank information to know where to make the deductions from. Okay. That's easy. And that's it. That's just do that. Okay. Just do that step. You see where I'm going with this? Just take this one little tiny bite sized step at a time. But here's where it gets really beautiful. When you go through all the steps of opening this account, then you are going to have done something that so few people do, which is you're going to have started your retirement process. You are now an investor. That's it. You've done it. Now, here's my suggestion to each and every one of you listening. Okay, first of all, you got to get something around your head right now that it took me forever. Big ego having Jason Wright at the ripe old age of like 23, 24, 25. I thought there's no way I'm going to let a professional handle my money because guess what? I've been reading Money Magazine since I was a junior in college, so I don't need some broker. No, 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 no. I'm going to sign up for SureTrade. Not even exist anymore. It was one of the very first online brokerages. Sign up. And I start trying to trade stocks actively, okay? And guess what? I made some money. But guess what? I also lost a lot of money. But you know the one thing I never lost money in? I'm going to explain this. Never. Listen to me. Never lost one penny in. It was one of the big boys, very low fee, hardly any fees, no, what's called no load. You hear that? No load, no fee funds that tracked the index 500. Okay. Top largest stocks in the S&P 500. It just tracked those stocks. A computer was doing my investment for me. And here's what I did. I think that way back then, it has changed since then. I had it set to withdraw $200 from my bank account every single month. I did that for probably six years. And then when I moved to Tyler, I closed that account. It was an account I had in Houston, switched, switched banks, and I didn't do anything else in that account. I just left it. Do you know that that account where I didn't think about it, when I was an actual investor in the account, when there was money going, my money going into the account every single month, and then it just stopped, and I still did nothing, I did nothing whenever the automatic withdrawals were being made from my checking account into the investment account. Then I wasn't even doing that when I switched banks, still not investing. It took me a long time to get back, to get everything set up, to get the the automatic withdrawals going in again. That account outperformed every single 
individual trading account I've ever had. So what's the point? Set it and forget it is how most of us are going to build our wealth in the market. It just is. You and I don't look at stocks all day long. Secondly, we can't buy in billion and sometimes trillion dollar blocks. We can't move that much stock in a day. We cannot do that kind of trading. The institutions will always crush us. Blackstone, Goldman Sachs, JP Morgan Chase, they are the market movers. We are always going to be reacting after they have moved. Okay, so we're always going to be behind the eight ball. And none of us, none of us, no one in here is Bud Fox and Gordon Gecko working behind the scenes with some insider trading, trying to get a deal done and really make Anacott Steel go up and then dump it so, so that Sir Lawrence gets screwed. <laughs> none of us are doing that. No, we're doing our jobs. We're raising our kids. We're going to soccer games. We're worried about the first day of school. We're saving for college. We're doing our jobs. And our jobs, now, some of you that listen to the Jason Wright Show, you may be an investment banker. You may be a trader. You may be a wholesaler. Whatever you are, good, cool, I got it. But most of you are not. Most of you are not a professional investor. I was not a professional investor, and I still am not a professional investor. It took me, though, for years to get over my ego to realize, you know what, let the pros do what the pros do. And if I'm not going to hire uh, an investment advisor, which I do, the the older I get, let let me just kind of, little sidebar here. If you can have a professional do something for you, that they make their money only if they succeed, or for a percentage of your overall transaction, why, why not do outsource to the professionals? You know, that's the th- thing with, you know, I, I was a, a real estate broker for, still I'm a real estate broker. I just don't practice actively now, but I own real estate brokerages. And one of the things I would tell people is you don't need, you don't have to have a realtor. You're, when they say, I just don't have to have a realtor. I can save that commission. I say, absolutely you can. But do you do this every day? Do you negotiate real estate every single day? Do you look at inspection reports every single day? Are you, do you understand mortgages like like the back of your hand? Well, you're, a professional realtor does. Now, this isn't a push for you to go out and get a realtor, but outsource to the professionals. It kind of feels good. When all of a sudden you start looking back, I remember one time I did a post on uh, Instagram that the thing I loved about capitalism is if I wanted a $10 meal, I could go right now and I could hire some cooks, a manager, I'd have the real estate, I'd have everything I needed for just a $10 hamburger by going to McDonald's. I can outsource all of that to them. I can hire them very briefly. Guess what? You and I, we get to outsource our entertainment to actors and actresses. For the price of a $20 ticket, we can go hire George Clooney to entertain us for a little while. So when you start reframing things, then you start to realize, wait a minute, why not outsource entertainment. Why not outsource my food? Now, I'm not suggesting that you go eat at McDonald's. That was that just a, just an example, okay? Sorry, McDonald's, but, you know, I'd rather you go, go eat something else. But my point is this. When it comes to managing your finances, let the pros do it. And if you're not going to let the pros do it, let a computer do it. Set it and forget it and go to the index fund. But mo- most importantly, remember, Don't get hung up on arguing with Dave Ramsey. By the way, this guy, this caller was 35 years old. Now, you're talking about Dave Ramsey, a guy that's worth over $200 million, a guy who I looked at the facilities that he's built, his new conference center in Franklin, Tennessee, and his offices with the studios. 
that's all paid for. They operate that business on cash. This business that started on a card table in his living room after he had gone broke in real estate, okay, built this thing from the ashes to what it is now. And some 35-year-old dude is calling and telling that guy that he doesn't know what he's talking about. The chutzpah, the arrogance, and frankly, the absolute idiocy of a moron like that, I will never be able to get my brain around. Just can't do it. But I digress. So my point to you is first start investing. Take those little baby steps. Break it down. Don't make it scary. And look, go find an expert. Go find a buddy that's a stockbroker and tell him, say, hey, look, I'm not ready to invest with you right now. And that's a, it's a very personal thing. It's really hard. I feel kind of bad for financial advisors because they want their friends to be in their first book of business. Yet nobody wants anybody to know the real picture of their finances. It's a real private thing. But let me tell you something. Get over that. Go find someone you trust if that's what you want to do and just get some help. Go, look, I, I told you, those of you who are younger and your mom and dad are still around, go ask your dad, go ask your mom, go ask your grandparents, hey, I was listening to this guy, Jason Wright, and by the way, he's the most positive guy on the interwebs. Grandma, you got to listen to him. You would love him. He, he he's, he's amazing. He said that I should ask you and grandpa, you and Pop Pop, Nana, you and Pop Pop, what do I do to open up a Roth IRA? Do I qualify for a Roth IRA? Now, she may say, sweetheart, I have no idea. Grand, you know, Pop Pop might say, I have no idea. We let the financial advisor handle that. His name is Jimmy, jo Jimmy Bob Rubeck. Jimmy Bob Rubeck. You can call him. Here's his number, and maybe he can help you. Here's the point. Go find someone who can help. There's advice everywhere, but it's not that complicated. But the key is this. Find somewhere to invest and then set it and forget it. And, and, and it's kind of, with the exception of some real estate deals and some, some individual companies that I've bought and sold, when it comes to investing in the market, I'm, I am sad to say, I personally have never beat the computer, the index fund. I've never met, beat an actively managed fund in a 401k, 403b, or anything like that that I've ever participated in. I've never beat them. The only thing that I did right in those decisions while they were kicking my butt is I wasn't, I was staying out of their way. I had set the investment up to automatically be withdrawn. And to this day, I have set it and forget it things. I just made Mrs. Wright. We just opened a new account recently. It drives her crazy. Mrs. Wright likes to know, she likes to handle her money and she works her tail off. I have the hardest working wife on earth. But Mrs. Wright, she works hard for that money. And she if she's going to make an investment, it needs to be go go buy some real estate or something I can see. I want to take the, this whole idea of just my money going out of my account and then nothing happening for years and years and years. She doesn't like it. But I said, sweetheart, trust me. We don't need to get in the way of that money. Don't get in the way of it. Your husband has for years and years, due to his ego, gotten in the way of the money. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to go start taking these baby steps and figure out how to set it and forget. Now, I want to play for you um, a little explanation to go further from the man himself, Dave Ramsey. And look, Dave Ramsey has no association with the Jason Wright Show. So Dave Ramsey team, I hope it's okay that I play this. All credit to the Ramsey organization. This is just to tell you kind of an explanation of these different funds and Ramsey's take on why you don't need to be so hung up on index versus actively managed. You just need to be worried about actually investing.
Thank you for your time today, sir. Sure. How can I help? Well, I have a question about 401k for retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a, show, a documentary on PBS, and it kind of showed some pretty compelling evidence that uh, investing for retirement in 401ks, because of all the fees that are associated with it, that over like 50 years, it can erode, those fees can erode like two-thirds of your original investment. And they strongly advised uh, the advantages of being in something called a market index fund mm-hmm. versus mutual fund. Mm-hmm. So I guess my question is twofold. Exactly what is a market index fund, and what's your opinion on it, which one I should be in for retirement? Okay. Um, a market index, an index is anything that models, um, an index fund is anything that models a one of the particular indexes. A good best way to do it is give you an example. The S&P 500 is an index. The Dow Jones Industrial Average that quotes what the stock market's done today on the news is an index. Uh, the best the best example is the S&P 500. And what that is, is Standard & Poor is a company, S&P, that uh, rates does all kinds of ratings and research on the stock market and they have rated the top 500 companies in size on the new york stock exchange which are the largest companies in other words mm-hmm. uh, the, pu- the largest publicly traded companies in america so those 500 companies uh what their stock does really does represent in a very real way, what the stock market is doing—that's an index fund. Okay, you, you could get a uh, an index fund that is trying to measure or, or mirror some of the international markets or some of the small cap stocks, like on the Chicago uh, exchange. But the most commonly known one that they would be referring to in that would be something like an S and P 500. Now, so if that if that if those 500 stocks are the index, if you want to index to them rather, they're the measuring stick. What we're trying to do if we're creating an S&P 500 index fund is we're trying to create a fund that mirrors what those stocks do as a group. It may or may not hold all 500 of them, but they're doing their very, very best to do exactly what that index does with that mutual fund. Okay, so an S&P 500 fund is really going to give you pretty close to the exact rate of return that the stock market gives you. Not any better. Not any worse. As a matter of fact, it's considered the baseline when you measure against it to see if another type of mutual fund is outperforming the market. You see what I'm saying? That's considered the 1.0 on a beta, meaning it's the baseline. And, and if your fund, if you're graphing it, if you're, the line on your fund's growth is above the S&P, then it's outperformed the market. If it's below the S&P, it's underperformed the market. Okay, a large number of mutual funds underperform the market, but there are plenty of them that overperform, that outperform the market, and, and so uh, uh, the the problem with the PBS special is this: the number one reason people retire with no money is not because of rate of return, okay. and it's not because of the fees. It's because they don't put any freaking money in retirement. And there you have it. And again, all credit to Dave Ramsey, the Dave Ramsey Network. That is, uh, I you know, thank you for joining me virtually, Dave, even though you didn't realize it. So here's the point. What Dave is saying is this, and what I'm trying to reiterate to you is get started. And here's another thing. A lot of times people will fall into this trap. I just don't have any money to invest. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. Well, Jason, I could only come up with 25 bucks. 25 bucks is 25 bucks. 
I'm telling you, do not limit yourself from saying the, by saying that I just don't have enough. Yes, you do. $25 today invested in principle is not $25 invested month after month after month after year after year after year compounded. It's a completely different picture. As a matter of fact, let's just figure that up right now. Let's say that you don't even start with $1,000. You just start with $25. You do what old Uncle Jason said, and you go out there and you take those little, little steps to where you actually open a mutual fund, okay? And then you start with the first 25 bucks. You think, all I can afford is 25 bucks a month. And in fact, my initial investment is only going to be 25 bucks. And I'm going to put it in there and I'm going to set it and forget it. And that's it. And for 30 years, let's say that you're 20, let's say you're 20 years old. God, you baby. You are, you, do you understand? First of all, here's the, anyone that is within an earshot of my voice right now, if you are 20, 22, 23, 24, 25, you are way wealthier than I am at 48. It doesn't matter what my bank account looks like. It doesn't matter what my real estate portfolio is. It doesn't matter. None of it matters. You are wealthier than me. Do you know why? Because you've got time. You've got way more time than I have. You don't believe me? Let me ask you this. If you, let's say I'm talking to you out there, 23-year-old. If you were to walk up to Warren Buffett, who I think now is, my goodness, is Buffett over 90 years? Let's look up how old Warren Buffett is. How old is Warren Buffett? 92 years old. So you're talking about one of the wealthiest men in the world. And I can almost guarantee you, as surely as I live and breathe, if you 23-year-old went up to Warren Buffett and said, Mr. Buffett, I've got a deal for you. I will trade you my age of 23 for your age of 92. But the catch is, I get all of your money. You think Warren Buffett wouldn't jump at that? If you don't think he would, you're crazy. So that's how I know that you are wealthier than me. You're even wealthier, 23-year-old, than Warren Buffett because you have time. Savor it and use it wisely. But the only way that time is as valuable as I'm talking about is if you use it wisely. But let me tell you something. You are wealthier. So you start with $25. And let's just say that you're going to put in 25 bucks a month and you're going to do this for 30 years. So you're 50, you're, you're, you're just a couple years older than me. Okay. And by the way, this is the thing too. Everything's relative. I remember back whenever I bought my first really significant piece of real estate, I put on a 20 year note and I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I mean, I was 28 at the time. I'm like 20 years. I'll be 48 years old. That's so old. I want to get it paid off before then, or I want to get out of it and get into something else and make more money because God, 20 years. Well, guess what? I'm 48 now. That was 20 years ago this month. 20 years ago tomorrow, in fact. And here I am. And let me tell you something. Those of you out there that are 22, 23, you think 48 is so old right now. You think that your life has passed you by by the time you hit 48. And I'm not just saying this because I want you to, because I'm not coming to grips with the fact that I'm 48. I'm just telling you, quite frankly, I feel good. I feel really healthy. I feel young. I feel, and I can still remember exactly days. I mean, just days vividly when I was your age, 23 year old, not a lot has changed. I'm still healthy. I can still do most of the things I could do. So you're still young. So what I'm telling you is don't think to yourself, I'm not doing anything 
that requires me to consider a 30-year head um, uh, timeline. No, don't think like that because one, it will be here and the, the older members of the audience, you know who you are, you're in there shaking your heads, yes, it comes way faster than you realize, 23-year-old. Let me tell you something. It's like a blink of an eye. You will look up one day and you will be in your 30s and then all of a sudden you're wondering where those 30s went because you're in your 40s and I'm about to wonder where my 40s went. But the cool thing is, you still have your brain that just, your brain for some reason doesn't think in conjunction. If you do it right, your brain only gains wisdom and it kind of chills out. It doesn't take everything so seriously and it doesn't take yourself so seriously. I know I've gotten off on a tangent here, but 23-year-old, I just want you to hear me. And 33-year-old, I'd say the same thing to you. And here's the thing, 45-year-old, I would even say it to you because the chances are in this day and age, in 2023, you're going to live a lot longer. If you if you are 45, 50, 60 years old, there's a darn good chance you're going to live at least another couple, maybe three decades. So you take your original principle of 25 bucks, you invest $25 every month after that for 30 years, you don't think about it. And you just do this for, you just consider a small, I mean, a pretty modest 7% return. Now, the stock market, I think this is still the case. The stock market has averaged for the last like couple hundred years, closer to a 10% return. But nevertheless, I like to be as conservative as possible. And we have a 7% return with a 2% annual fluctuation one way or the other. Amortized, or excuse me, compounded annually, yearly. In 30 years, that initial 25 bucks that you put in and by the way, you're not going to miss the 25 bucks a month thereafter, right? You're not going to miss it. I mean, 25 bucks is a not even a, I mean, you could go spend 25 bucks at Chipotle, you know, ugh. but you could go spend 25 bucks at a decent restaurant or going out. I mean, you, and you can't go to most sporting events. I mean, just, just think of all the things that you can't even buy for 25 bucks. So this is not money you're really going to miss. That 25 bucks in 30 years is going to be worth around $28,528. So what if this money that you just, you said it and forget, and matter of fact, you may have even forgotten that you were doing it. It's 25 bucks. You didn't even miss it. It started with 25 bucks years and years ago. And now you're 50 years old, 23 year old. You're now 53. Could you not use nearly 30 grand to maybe just stroke a check for almost by then inflation everything who knows what cars are going to cost but 50 percent of a car and you save the difference i mean you, you're able to you know help your children help help your children with their first down payment on a house or more importantly you just leave it there and you just keep on trucking and knowing that you've always got this little security that's going to keep growing and growing and growing. And by the time you're 65, 70, you're, you're reaching retirement. Let's see. Let's check that out. Let's see in, let's see in 40 years. Let's do this calculation. How much are we going to have in 40 years? Now we're talking 60 grand. 60 grand. So you're 23. You invest for 40 years. You just forget it. You don't even invest. You don't think about it. You do it one time. One time. You think about this one time. Then when you're 73, and by the way, 73, my dad, my mom and dad are like 73, right? Yeah. I think they're, yeah, 72, 73. They're in this range right now. And I'm telling you, they're still doing a lot of stuff. They take trips and their health has not cooperated with them recently, but they still are out there active, crushing it. I guarantee you, 
at that age, you're going to love having 60K. Just get started. That is what I want you to take from this episode. Don't make it complicated. Go out there. Go do some Google search. Go research some funds. Whether you decide to just go into an index. And look, if you, and we'll talk, I'll do an episode on this one day and we'll talk about some numbers. But if any of you, these are, you know, 401ks are kind of dying. Okay, they're, it's getting harder for companies to, to keep up with them. They're more expensive for companies to administer. Uh, people are job hopping so, more, so much. It's the gig economy. Things have changed. But if you are someone that works for a large company and your employer is willing to match you, I don't care if it's dollar for dollar up to only 1%. That's free money. Take it. Take advantage of it. And for those of you who your employer will actually match you, say up to 5%, dollar for dollar of your paycheck, take advantage. It's free money. It's part of your salary. You can literally go check a box to give yourself a raise or not. You had that opportunity. That's what's amazing. There's so many of you that are listening to this that you would you would jump up and down with glee or get really angry and pissed if you didn't get a 5% cost of living adjustment on your paycheck, on your annual performance review or whatever. You just, and yet you're not even invested in your 401k up to 5%. You have the opportunity, whether your company is saying, hey, look, we don't care how you perform, we'll just give you an extra 5% if you will invest in the 401k and you're going, nah, because you can't spend it right now. You have to wait until the future. But you are choosing to not give yourself a raise right here, right now, if you don't take advantage of your matching contributions from your employer. So I hope you enjoy these Money Mondays. I just thought, you know what? This would be a lot of fun. I've got some really cool guests that are lined up to talk about different things. I actually reached out to um, a, a watch expert that I really really hope we'll come on here because there look investing doesn't always have to be stocks bonds real estate stocks bonds really don't have to be boring things you've got fine art you've got uh luxury watches you actually have cars there are some fun investments that you can that are tangible you can enjoy them and i want to talk about all of it it's not going to be suited for everybody if you're just starting out if you're that 23 year old that i've been yelling at for for the last few minutes on this podcast you're not going to go be you know investing most likely in in an ap royal oak not what you're going to be doing okay for as a as a as a hedge against other types of investments but if you are someone that you've reached a pretty good net worth you love watches and you like them but you haven't allowed yourself to to buy a luxury watch because you just think yeah i'm not going to do that well guess what you can do both you can enjoy the watch and it can be an investment i know what i'm talking about because that's one of the best investments i've ever made was uh, in some of my luxury time pieces i sold them all i wish i hadn't but but i you know what, what are you gonna do i actually sold them at the top of the market and uh mrs Wright was very angry with one of the watches i sold not because she gave it to me but just because it was her favorite it's one that i loved and now i'm looking to replace i'm gonna have to spend a lot more money to replace it but i'm going to because i know from firsthand experience that there'll be ups, there'll be downs, but even with the ups and downs, it will continue to trend up as time goes by. So we're going to be talking about those things on the Jason Wright Show, Money Mondays. Listen, I hope you have an incredible day. 
Go out and crush it. And from me, the improve always and always guy that is also the most positive dude on the interwebs, I wish you nothing but the best. I'm out. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the show. It means more to me than you can possibly imagine. And if you enjoyed it, please consider going out to Apple and leaving us a five-star rating. That would mean the world to me. Also, follow me on Insta at Jason right now. And don't forget, download the Vitruvian Lab app. I mean it. I want to be your personal peak performance trainer. I want to help you improve always and always. Lastly, check out my newsletter, The Vitruvian Letter. You can subscribe at jasonrightnow.com. And until we meet again, please continue to endeavor to improve always in always. I'm out. <laughs>